0: and basically he has these really sad quotes of like nobody rang me i was waiting for the phone call in new zealand waiting and wanting to give up it's just like
1: oh man someone check in on morrison police ready the armada kenobi
0: i'm not a monster (laughs) 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 oh
1: Welcome to the podcast where we deep dive into the movie news of the week featuring reviews and analysis for the more socially conscious moviegoer. Join us as we share our honest, in-depth, and hilarious perspective on today's biggest movies, comics, and pop culture. This is Films in Black and White. Uh, welcome to Films in Black and White. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Happy everybody could join us. We're very white. Uh, Marcus is going to be joining (laughs) us later. Those who watch us on the live stream on a regular basis know that we play a little game called Intro Roulette every week. (laughs) And this week we got the one for Black History Month. And we still celebrate Black History Year right now. Yes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Glad you are with us. Uh, Brian, we got a great episode. Oh, we we have an excellent episode queued up um we're gonna talk a little bit about mandalorian season three yeah we finale. are finale we're yes. gonna talk a little bit the unbearable weight of massive talent which was the movie our patty family picked this week uh and then we're gonna talk about whatever yes. else we want uh those who are watching notice that marcus is not here yet he is coming from an event it sounded like it he might be here he might not but either way we got some great shit for you uh brian how you Hello. feeling? I'm I'm feeling good to be here. I it was a day, so I'm happy
0: to be here to talk about movies. Uh, yeah, I, I had to talk to I had to talk to an insurance company today, and like, there's just no way no. to make that fun. Uh, if people. you remember a few episodes back, I, I talked about this opportunity that we have for my house now, um, and we can't we can't move forward until we get stuff figured out with insurance. So I like I did very like it was just very. Tedious work, so I'm very excited to be here to talk about things like that I actually enjoy, rather than being yeah. like, "Yes, let's talk about premiums and policies and and all these things that I need to have, but I don't always understand, and I don't necessarily want to spend my free time talking about." So and acts
1: I, of God and force majeure yeah. and yeah. all of that shit, Brian. Nobody wants to talk about that. No. Marcus or Roman, it's been <laughs> two minutes. Look, it's Roman in bitches. the chat and saying
0: he misses Marcus. <laughs> I miss him, too. I miss him, too. Give
1: us a chance. Um, it's because I talked well, about the,
0: insurance premiums. That's it's why. true. And he was like,
1: no, <laughs> not this, not the energy I wanted today. Nope. And out. Uh, Brian, that's no fun. Insurance stuff
0: yeah. is no fun. Uh, but I-, I did get to watch <clears throat> Ghosted on Apple. OK, uh, which was the new Chris Evans and de Armas movie that was released this weekend. Watched Unbearable Weight of massive talent I also watched the Power Rangers special once and always if, if Marcus joins us I'm sure we can have a rousing discussion about that um it's it. too, we got the chat saying that it's two minutes too long without Marcus look I, I'll let him explain why he can't be here if he's able to join us I, that, that's, that's not my that's place good. that's true it's not my that's place uh, the one thing I do want to say, though, is that uh, the Power Rangers like guitar riff kicks on in that special. And it's like it immediately takes you back to 1994. It's incredible. Right. So right. Uh, hope you got like, your
1: cereal because you're about to experience something, man. Like it's just like
0: like it's that theme and the X-Men, like the 90s X-Men yep. theme that just make you want to run through a brick wall. It's it's like immediately on site. You just you, brick walls aren't safe.
1: And And Brian. I don't know about you, but like I could watch them on repeat. Like it doesn't yeah. bother me. Like if yeah. it were to just be on a loop for like a regular, the length of a normal song, yes. not like the 35, 40 seconds that it is. I could just watch them loop and that's fine. Yes. Like, I could just watch them keep going. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. So, that's cool. Uh,
0: so yeah, it was a weird uh-huh. mishmash. I had like an action rom-com. I had a weird, we'll talk about the, the, the Nick Cage movie. I don't even it We it was will. comedy at the end of the day. And then I watched, you know, 90s television reunion special, essentially. Yeah. So how how are you, Doug? I feel like you had a busy weekend.
1: Uh that's because I have Pink Eye, Brian. Um, <laughs> I have it. Oh, uh, no. And also, if you notice my name, those of us who are watching in the chat, which you can watch yep. on our st- stream on our so on our, yep. all of our socials, uh, I had this moment today where I'm bathing <laughs> okay. my children and oh. Brittany comes walking to the bathroom. And I said to Brittany, I go, Brittany, quick, what's the name? Of the TLC singer, Left Eye. What was her name? She goes... Left Eye Lopez. Left Eye Lopez. And the problem is is that oftentimes in these moments, I create this sense of panic in my wife over shit that does not deserve panic. Because the sound in my my voice was, quick, uh, there's a gun to my head. What's the name? What's this person's (laughs) name? And it was not that sense of urgency at all. Um, Well, it sounds pretty important. It was, Brian. It wasn't like I was bathing my children. Like it was not important at all. Well, okay. Okay. Um, and so that's why my name is Doug Pink Eye Lopez, because I love it. Okay. So um Harper has it. I have it. It's been a real lot of fun. Uh my son celebrated his sixth birthday on Friday. So there's that. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Harrison. So we had a busy weekend, a lot going on, a lot yeah. happening, um, yeah. but it was good. It was really, really good. Glad to be here. I also watched okay. the movie. Um, haven't watched Ghosted yet, but I have been staying up to date on, <laughs> uh, on what's the name of the show? Oh, uh, Ted Lasso, which I am very oh. excited for. Yeah. Very into season three. Not sure if you okay. watched it, Brian, but it's been good I, so far. I've enjoyed I it. I haven't. I haven't, but I, I know a lot of people are watching it. Yeah. And so I'm very kind of curious to see where this season goes. It's very exciting. But um, because it's the last season, right? Yeah, dude, they're not doing another one. They wow. are they are dunzers after this. So we will see where everything kind of shakes out. So okay. did that. Uh, okay. What else did I do? <laughs> that's pretty much it. I mean, tried to uh... not give pink eye to my wife and then my son because it's just my daughter and I. Um, okay. So, okay. yeah, that's what I got. I read a lot. I read a little bit. Ooh. And I have this question for you. All Brian, right. I know typically you are more of a fiction reader versus non fiction yes. reader. You I, tend I to am. trend fiction. Yes. Um, have you ever read a piece like a book? Have you ever gone back to a particular book and gone like, oh no, I remember why I like this? Like a book, maybe that you read years ago or at a very foundational yes. part of your life, and you look back on it and you're like, Nope. I get it now. This makes a lot of sense.
0: Like, like you remember why you like it or like maybe you started it and you weren't like, into it
1: instantly. You remember why you like it. Like you, you yes. are maybe a chapter in less than yes. a chapter in and you read it and you're like, no, this is, this is, this is my shit. I get it. Yeah, yes. this is fine.
0: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Uh, I felt that way with, uh, I honestly, it's with world war Z, uh, the yep. book. um, I mean, it's technically technically it's no, it is World War Z because he wrote uh, Max Brooks wrote two books about zombies. One was a zombie handbook manual for surviving the apocalypse. The other one was World War Z. Um, But no, the book World War Z, I've reread two or three times. And it's like the minute I start reading about like, basically it's a retrospective of like how people survived yeah. And it's like, this is so much my jam. Uh, yeah. So, no, I, I would say World War Z. I could go on about it and how I love oh, it. And yeah. It's an easy read. And it 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 has deep concepts with a silly premise, but it's somehow serious, even though it's fictional. Uh. So, yes, I know exactly that feeling. He did did, you, did outstand- you get that feeling recently?
1: Yes, he did an outstanding job making historical zombie fiction seem true. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Very much so. Yeah, you yeah. did a great job. And I remember reading this and I was like, this is a history book, but also it's not like, you yeah. know, and that's the thing that kind of pains me about the
0: movie is that like yeah. they just kind of took some of the ideas from the book and they were like, here's an action movie. And I was like, oh, my gosh, the book is like does, it doesn't better. even like feel like that. It's like and I no. the thing I like about the book is that they're tiny vignettes, like not all of them are connected, but
1: yes, they're
0: they're basically like. Great little short stories that do get connected over the course of the entire book. So you never know where you're going. And then once you see the full narrative, it's like, I don't
1: know, it's very rewarding for sure. So I did have a moment like that. I have started reading. um, I read this years ago. I read this book called Ego is the Enemy by sure. I read I read Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Daddy's home. Okay. Oh, well, welcome Marcus. Apparently it's 7 minutes too late for Roman Myers. So Oh,
2: look, look, look. <laughs> look at Roman. I this shit's you. this hey. shit
1: started 2 you. minutes in. He's like, "Where's Marcus?" I and you. I was like, not Immediately, that's because me and
2: Roman like, are tied in chaotic energy. You know what I mean? That's we just very, give it off in ways. It was just the yeah. two
0: white guys, and I, I get it. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: I Also get it, especially when you start with an intro that goes, "I'm Whoa. black, I'm black. black." Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, we
2: got the Black one History one Month, month what, intro. Right? Yeah, that's, you know, true. listen, yeah, sometimes you know it's nice to be wanted in black. It's it's always nice to be yeah, wanted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, sure. But yeah, I yes. was saying
1: I was rereading the "Ego is the Enemy" book. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ.
2: <laughs> I don't know what uh, kind of, I don't know what internal beef was. in the chat. Yeah. I don't know what was happening before this. You're going yeah. to kicked out of the Patty family, Roman. That's yeah, what's going to was... happen
1: to you. We'll have to make him pay for an extra tier. <laughs> That's right. The, the, the <laughs> don't come at me, bro, tier. Uh, but anyway, I reread it and I got like minutes into it and I was like, no, this is my shit. I remember why right I enjoyed this. I remember why it spoke to me, but yeah. enough about me and my book. Marcus J, uh-huh. how you feeling, sir? Well,
2: I'm feeling good. Where are we? Just in the intro? R- Literally, yeah. that's it. Oh, damn. Okay. No, I'm feeling good. Sorry, I'm late. Sorry, I didn't mean to come in here and cause a ruckus. You know what I mean? You, you're never so sorry. Ruckus. Causing a ruckus. It's award season on higher ed campuses.
0: Oh my gosh!
2: Yes, it Paper is. season. Yep. Award. It's award season and graduation season. So it's like I'm running out of dress clothes to wear.
1: My yeah. <laughs> My, the way I've been starting my calls when I t- start to campuses, I'm like, how you doing? It's banquet season. It's end of programming season. They're yep. like, how did you know? I've
2: like been there before. Yeah, like,
1: yeah. yeah I get it. It's really,
2: it's really fun to witness as an employee because then it's like you got to go to all these things. You can't just pick and choose the ones you want to. As a student, you can be like, I'm going to go to this one. I'm yeah. Go to this one. But now it's oh, like the students
0: support. know. They know which ones you go to. Oh, I, I remember that.
2: They yeah. look you dead in the face at these yep. banquets and be like, So you're coming to ours, right? And it's like, Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and the best part is, is when you have kids and you can't make it to all of them, you just don't mm. go to any of them, which is oh, what I started doing. And it worked out really great for me. I, I went, Ah, kids. you know, shit. Like there's yeah. a kid, insert kid's name, yeah. at home.
2: I can't go. <laughs> Inside, so they're just at home. They just there. Yep, there's yeah. somebody there. I gotta help out. So, um, yeah. How are you holding up though? So good. good. It's it's a good time. It's 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 always fun, right? It's like you get busy and it's busy. Yeah. It's a shit show, and then you got to kind of partially ramp up for the next year at the same right. time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is good to see students that you work with just graduate. You mm-hmm. know, go to that yeah. next level and finish the job. And you know, a lot of people that I went to school with that I'm now that I work and advise in different capacities, you know, it's a good time. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. It's also kind of like, it's like floating down. You see those people when they float down on a parachute and they get towards the ground and they start running their feet and they're like, yeah. dude, you're floating. Like there's nothing you have to do. It's like, no, cause that ground is coming yeah. like, and it's coming yeah. hard. It's coming and fast. the ground is next year and the oh, flow is very yeah. much the end of the semester. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Got it. Um, good. Well, good. Glad you're doing well. Uh, let's get into catch that quotable, shall we? We're gonna play a little game we like to call
2: catch Catch that that quotable. Quotable.
1: Fantastic, silky sounds, Marcus J. Uh, gentlemen, are you ready for this week's (sighs) quote? Hit me, locked and loaded. Hit me. Um, (laughs) we gotta. I wish we had a soundboard. I'm gonna get one. Just, I'm gonna bring you.
2: Just yes. for that one. Just, I don't
1: want anything else I'll so that when someone says hit me, we can push a button that goes hit me. Like I, I, I mean that, I th- want, that and the, the 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 mouth horns.
2: That yeah. way oh, that Marcus that, doesn't yeah. have yeah. to do mouth horns. Yeah. I'm it's gonna so bring, bring it back. We'll bring back the soundboard. Let's put it in a chat. If you're yeah, watching we'll, this, we'll figure put that Put a thumbs up in the chat if you want we'll to figure that out. Um all right,
1: gentlemen. Your 20s are great, they are, but then your thirties come around the corner like a garbage truck at five a.m. Oh, huh. that's a rude awakening. But yeah, can you read it again? I can. Your twenties are great; they they are. But then your thirties come around the corner like
2: a garbage truck at five a.m.
0: This this feels. I don't know. This
1: feels like a Paul Rudd type situation. Uh, it does.
2: That that could I could see that for sure. I could see that. Um, I have no idea what this is.
1: Like a coming of age tale, but it like is just like. 35 years old.
2: Big, um grumpy old man type of movie. Can I get a hint? I'm sorry. I'm not going to sit here and bask in this like this. Can, oh, I, can I get a hint please?
1: That's fine. Yeah. I'll I have it. I looked yeah. it up so okay. I can give you a hint. You know right. the movie? Well, I had to get it pulled up and I accidentally saw the answer because it's my. <laughs> he, at least movie. he's um, honest, folks. I am this guy. I am. Um what's a good quote? <laughs> uh here's what i have brian it is charlie's theron is the is the hint
2: oh it's a lover it's a lover's tale i don't want i don't know about many it's not mad max is it it is <laughs> That's one <the B1> hell <laughs> of a fucking mad max brian has guessed this movie in past guesses he has guessed this movie in past guesses. No, that's really interesting. Charlize Theron? Indeed. I don't know many Charlize, Charlize movies.
0: I mean... It, <laughs> I, I, I... There's a few... Okay, it's not Hancock. We'll start it's, there. It that's is not, not Hancock. Let's, it's, let's not Hancock. What it's not, right, it's it's not, not Hancock. Yes. It's not Mad Max. It's so, not yeah. Aeon Flux. It's not it Monster's not. Ball. Uh, oh, Jesus, No. I mean, she's done, man, she's done so much stuff. I mean, I, the only one that I've talked about is Tully. It, like, but. It's Tully. Go okay. It. I guess Go I'll lock in Tully. No, way Tully. Oh,
1: well, Brian got it. It's <laughs> Tully. <laughs> well, he did
2: it. I don't know Brian, game oh, away, wait, but... wait, what game. away.
1: What was the I... hint, you know? You're
0: <laughs> good at it. I, yeah. I do want to say that, like, man, I found that movie. I had heard nothing about it. And it got recommended to me from like an algorithm. I think it was oh. on HBO Max. Oh, OK. Uh, and uh, it was because I was I was going down a Diablo Cody. Uh, oh, like, sure. Yep. Uh, rabbit Hole. And I just I was starting to watch all of her movies and I had watched Young Adult and then Tully came up and I was like, I've never heard of this movie. And like it it's amazing if you're a parent like Tully's right. like it hits a certain note. It's also a good movie if you're not a parent, and, and I don't want to, spo- like, I can't keep talking about it, otherwise I'll spoil it. Okay. So okay, uh, okay. Anyway, it's a good, it's a good drama uh, with some other stuff.
1: I'll say that.
2: Okay, I love it. It's Absolutely good. love it. Did we are, there was an Equalizer 3 coming out?
1: I did I think not. I did. I know that CBS did a TV show. Apparently Someone's that's rebooting it. it. Yeah, it my, is. That's
2: that's still on. But there's a equalizer they just released a poster. Oh well that's fun. With Denver, Washington.
1: You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Equalizer three. We also got ninety
2: dollars. Yes, ninety dollars? We're gonna have to pick a charity here. Please. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, we do. yeah.
0: All right. All right. I'll start I'll start uh I'll start hunting down that uh
1: that charity yeah fantastic gentlemen we need to open our envelopes from last week last week <laughs> oh my oh if you no. listen to the podcast if you watch the episode oh my gosh we were putting our predictions into <laughs> the ether about the me. season finale of the mandalorian and we need to open that up and talk about the finale as that series has now come to an end or that season has come to an end uh quick spoiler warning if you haven't watched the mandalorian the ooh, season ooh, finale ooh. put a pin in it come back yeah. later we'll talk about it then uh but yeah that's what we got gentlemen thoughts on the last episode of the mandalorian
2: i was dead wrong i'll just I, go ahead and I, say it. I, <laughs> it,
1: I think like i think the thing i have to
0: say is like i was happy after a star wars tv show finale mm-hmm. and like that's pretty foreign to me like yep. I mean, I don't know. Like everything turned out fine. Everybody was okay. Like it almost felt like a series finale.
1: I think yeah. that's it. Where really I'm did. At. Yeah. It really did. I think I was. I mean, I we all went through it and were like, "This person's dying." No, this person's dying. And mm-hmm. nobody <laughs> died. Anybody? Like it was. We were wrong. I mean,
2: and if I, anything, Pedro Pascal kind of came out and said, "I'll do it." As he made a quote and said, "I will yeah. do Mando for as long as." somebody can fit in a suit or something like that. Yeah. And I was dead wrong thinking he was upset with Disney. Yeah. Um, I could have sworn Bo-Katan was going to die. Everybody was going to die. The people who were supposed to die, they died. And that was pretty much all that, you know, and it was a complete happy ending, which I thought was dope. I, yeah. I mean,
0: it, it, like all they needed was someone riding or flying into a sunset. I, yeah, I mean, really it just, it, it, I, which I'm not complaining about. I just... They had set up so much stuff mm-hmm. that it got to a point where it was like, I don't see how you get out of this. And then the TV show was like, anyway, everybody's fine and they're happy. Like, I just yeah. it like absolutely wild. I do. So, yeah, I, I'll own it. Like the armor turned out to be just fine. She's <sighs> apparently a fine individual. I don't trust her still. No, but
1: no reputational issues with her at all. <laughs> <laughs> like I Axe Woes
0: was not he the train yeah, and then crashed fine.
1: a crashed a cruiser into
0: the
2: buff. Can, can base. we just can we take a moment here? Let me tell yes. you all the moments I thought shit was gonna turn. Do when it. Axe was when Axe hopped in the cockpit and he told everybody oh, to leave. Yeah, oh, I thought it was gonna fly away. I thought he was gonna open up fire on yes. everybody in the cockpit. Yes. And I thought that was interesting. There was another moment where the armorer pulled out the hammer while they was flying through the air. And I thought she was going to turn and whack the people she was flying yep. with to throw them out of yep. or hit Bo-Katan. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, the only thing I didn't understand that I think is interesting, but I know we'll come back later. Um, the storyline about the redeemed um, empire, like, Oh, yeah, uh, the scientists, the, the colony and the scientist and, and all the this. spy, like that spy, okay. the, the actual spy, I guess. Yeah. That was the one thing that didn't come full circle for me that I was expecting. It just something. left her out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they Aliyah did a flashback Kane. to her, but like there was nothing else. Anybody else think that was weird?
0: I honestly what it feels like to me is is that that's that's going to continue like mm-hmm. For Mandalorian yeah. for a while I, I feel like there's gonna she's gonna be the mole I don't think she's gonna get rooted out anytime soon
1: yeah yeah I would agree with that Um, I have a question Brian how strong are the windshields on TIE fighters <laughs> I mean I, it's a, here's the thing uh, it's a very technical
0: term in Star Wars called plot so uh, okay. <laughs> does it serve the plot then yes it's very very thick if it does not it it's very very thin
1: Brian, why didn't they just hit the Mandalorians with their ships? Because they looked like little bugs flying out in the thing. And I was like, none of y'all are just going to try and run these motherfuckers (laughs) over. They're literally just sitting here. Like, nobody? Bueller? Anybody? Like,
0: if if I'm going to put on my Star Wars strategist cap, there's no way a tiny, super fast, high interceptor is going to hit a jetpack guy yeah, no, that's with any accurate. type of accuracy and most no. likely will crash. Here's the other. They I don't agree have with targeting
1: that. computers on those? I they do, know. but not for people. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like for for exhaust ports. <laughs> and Clearly none gyms. of the Thai
1: Interceptor pilots <laughs> played Grand Theft Auto 800 <laughs> or whatever they're on
2: at that point in time. Don't forget, this is a galaxy long, long ago and far, yes, far away. You, which means that technology is technically old technology. It's Future true. to us, old to them. It's true. So they have not caught up yet on individual targeting. <laughs> also, the Mandalorian are fast as fuck. If I'm just being honest, they're 40 times with the jetpack when they were. They were. There were some scenes where they were doing like these full out runs in the Mandalorian scenes, yeah. and I was like, oh shit, like that's pretty yeah. cool. I can't explain to you why that's cool. But I think that's dope as fuck.
1: Yeah, that was it. Was pretty cool. I I guess I just had this thought when when Axe Wolf is in that thing, and I was like, he's gonna shoot the little Mandalorians. I was yeah. like, why is no one just shooting the Mandalorians? <laughs> I felt like such a bad person. I was like, they're just
2: there. Yeah, we no are just hanging out. Shoot them, like
1: yeah, yeah. Was
2: that good, was yeah. that was the thing I kept thinking about. What do you think? I mean, I. It feels like that the end scene for the finale is going to take us back to like the roots of okay so grogu is now den sun Din grogu right yeah um which yes. i thought was dope the way that they did that yeah but it looks like the next season is going to kind of take us into what was the show they got canceled
0: rangers of the new republic
2: yep. i think that if i feel like that's going to tie into rangers of the new republic
0: I get, is 100%. that accurate i could see that uh It really honestly feels like they're they're just cutting and pasting what they wrote for Rangers of the New Republic into Mandalorian. And I'm not I'm not entirely opposed to like Mandalorian and the Rangers being the TV show. Mm -hmm. Like because he's basically going to become a Nazi hunter like like that's the like that's the main idea is he's going to hunt down old Imperials. So it's like that's cool. Like I think that's cool. Um, and Doug, uh, yeah, they were wearing Beskar armor, man, Beskar, aka
1: plot I'm, not armor. Sure, I'm not sure I'm talking to you, yes. Roman. P-
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't do, don't do Roman like that. He's a Patreon. Join it our Patreon, it's Doug. Don't will make do it, sure to ignore yeah, you. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> If anybody else wants to sign up for the Patreon, we will not ignore you like Doug is ignoring. <laughs> Do everybody. you not get enough daily ridicule in your life? Sign up for
1: the Patreon where one of the owners, one of the founders will openly mock you.
2: We'll give you Thanks for your the money. silent treatment for tier four. We
1: call, we call
0: that the fourth, the fourth heat tier. It's just, it's just yeah. an inferno. Pa- Doug's dropping a Patreon tier. Yeah,
1: that's that's fine. Um, anyway, I, yeah. I mean, it's basically going to be Din and Grogu, rebel rangers.
2: Like It's like Chip yeah, and Dale, but exactly. it's just, like a, it's just the son. two of them.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a nice okay. way to phrase it. Here's
2: my question. Do they ever age Grogu up? And if they age him up, does that ruin the series? Does that ruin I, what is so cute about Grogu?
0: I, I don't think they'll ever age him up. I really don't. I do think... I. I, I'll talk about this later. I do think we're going to, we might get a time skip though, mm. but we'll see how Ahsoka plays out. Like, I think depending yeah. on what Ahsoka does, I could see the Mandalorian being like, whatever it's in five years, like, shut up, you know? Um, But yeah, I, I don't think they age him up for the show. Cause that's, that's part of the formula. I don't think making him a teenager. I don't know. Maybe making him a teenager could be fun, but I don't know. I don't I, think a I... toddler like a, Yeah, I don't know because I I can't tell
2: you how old he is but he talks the baby talk so that's kind of that's why I was asking I don't know well and it's so unclear because he's the species
0: of Yoda who doesn't have a name they say he's like 50 years old Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah you you gotta you're gonna have a 50 year old toddler following you around I don't know I like the Grogu antics I think it's funny um, but I also understand for some people it's like is anything ever gonna happen with him and it's kind of like no, I don't know. I kind of just see him as like a Groot character. Yeah. That's just
2: that's kind of how I see, I
1: see what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I, could, I could see them maybe jumping to when he's, I don't know. Because there's a part of me that's like, I'm not interested in seeing him as a teenager. Like I'm not interested. Yeah. Like there's a moment where like small child antics are like cute, funny, adorable, yeah. like help your show. And then like angsty teenager takes it to this place where I'm like, okay, that's good for one episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe exactly. Two,
2: before I, I go mean, get it out of here. Like gotta be part of the reason they didn't focus on that much with group. Like it was quick scenes yeah. of the, him being a rebellious teenager to what I it agree. felt like to me. And remember it was in a different
1: movie too. It was yeah. in infinity war and that's right. it wasn't elsewhere. because yeah, well, it would get annoying. That's Yeah.
0: I, right. And I feel like I feel like the other thing with this, too, is like I don't there's going to be some connection with him using the force with the creatures around him, because in the finale, like Grogu touched the waters and then it zoomed in on the mythosaur eye. And then it was like, well, I'll tell that story another day. And it was just kind of like okay like i see what you're doing here like i i understand we're gonna do something with grogu and the creatures but it's not gonna be today
1: (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. good finale yeah i i mean i think that basically confirms though like we had one theory that we had touched on like i think it was like after so after episode three or four um where we collectively and others around the like, you know, social media space. We're saying like, Oh, does this mean that Grogu is going to be a return to a Jedi Mandalorian leader of Mandalore? This sort of, I mean, we all kind of assumed it, but this definitely confirms it at that. This point in time, I feel like. Yeah. Eventually
2: we will get going that
1: route. Maybe not that it's happening immediately, but that that's the maybe that's the end target that they're
2: shooting is there for. a mandalorian well, jedi because that's kind of crazy that's a crazy there's combo for sure been
0: one in canon um and that's that's it and like i don't know yeah. here's the so here's where the weird stuff comes there's a whole bunch of books written about how the mandalorians and the old republic like fought each other for like decades Mm -hmm. but i don't know if any of that is canon anymore Mm -hmm. um but i do know that there were like a ton of stories about how the republican mandalorians were at odds for decades and they had huge wars and they killed each other then they finally stopped doing that and i feel like they're drawing on some of that i don't know if all those specific stories are still canon but um i do think there's some i don't know the one thing i'm really thankful for mandalorian is it's giving us an entire different culture other than the jedi that like has this creed and Mm -hmm. it's showing not only the pitfalls but like oh like they find community here even Mm -hmm. though XYZ might be flawed and I feel like the Mandalorians just do a better job of like fleshing that idea out rather than the Jedi because the Jedi kind of turn into this like cursed tale of like Shakespearean woe right and where the Mandalorians you actually feel like there's a future there Um, another
1: and yet another sexless Star Wars (laughs) sect that exists I, I mean look there there is no sex in star wars okay that's like it lie. is it's period no, it's, end
0: of story okay Moving on. totally chased that's it has lie. always been one of my main critiques of the star wars <laughs> franchise you only get a nice kiss that's it that's all that ever happened. why
2: don't they let the people in there have sex what type of quote is this there's I, clearly babies what is it i brought it up
1: <laughs> episodes ago I said well this is the last of the Mandalorians I was like did they forget how biology works if I had a board I would play the clip where I
2: it, brought it up it's I a don't creed know. not a bloodline that's the thing though Like yeah, it's a creed if y'all can have y'all babies fighting each other y'all can't fuck they have babies please Listen fight my money. son
0: please <laughs> please fight my son hello I'm Din this is my son fight him uh,
2: CPS would be uh, on the Mandalorian's ass. Oh, oh, would, did did yeah. would be in
0: a new Republic interrogation chamber. And they'd be like, You you let your child do what? You took him yeah. where? With who? And yeah. you just you just let Luke Skywalker take him? Yes. Yeah.
1: So the Mandalorians are about to turn into like a weird ranch in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, <laughs> that we all have to hear about via an HBO documentary. Kanye, like,
2: Kanye giving the keynote to a bunch of Mandalorians. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: like, I am oh, a genius. Golly. This yeah. Is is, yep. yep. That. Yeah. This is
2: the way. Um, uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i I think though. the happy ending was too happy. I I got to ask the question because that's what a lot of people are. I I see a few people saying, "Was it too perfect?" I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna use. I'm not gonna use
1: the phrase "too perfect." Okay. I think this is fine. These two have been running across the galaxy for. What feels like forever. It does. Um, they even ran across the galaxy through someone else's show for like a hot second. <laughs> Who they didn't like, bring yeah. back, Who which they thought, just said which like, didn't bring me. back I, That rubs me the wrong way. But that's so. Mystery. I'm fine with them saying like, and now they get to rest. I think what's weird is this feeling, and Brian mentioned Brian mentioned it earlier. Is this feeling that it it is. Somehow a series finale, not a yeah. season finale. Like, it does feel like it's over. Like, it feels I, like we're not getting any more Mandalorian.
2: I have a... It, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I have a... I feel like I know the reason for that. And it's just it? like, it's wrapping up this big adventure. This story isn't about us storylines. Yeah. Like, it's gonna... Yeah. I feel like they're trying to go back to the root of what season one was, which was yeah, father-son adventure time yeah when when the forger when the when the armor i'm sorry forger when the armor said um you need to take him out so he can have his own adventures and be discover his own Mandalorian right. adventures that was when it was my cue that oh they got their own plot of land this is going to be a place he can come to by himself or he can yep. go back to the world of mandalore and they're going to go on these big adventures with the rangers of the republic and yep. he's going to learn all this shit and so i feel like they're going to do like a little bit of a tone shift in season yeah. four, so like yeah, you got to yeah. put a bu- nice little bow on that to say this is perfect. You'll hear about that this makes world a lot of sense later, and yeah.
0: I, I, I totally agree with that. And I think that maybe they maybe they realize they got to a point where they're like, we brought in so many characters, a like lot. Din is barely, yeah. <laughs> like he's he can barely be the gravity of his own show, which I do also hold them responsible for a little mm-hmm. bit. Um. And everything with Book of Boba Fett, which still just, I don't know, bothers me, even though I enjoyed it. But anyway, my point being is that I agree. It's my yes and This feels like an easy way to be like, "Where's Bo Katan?" You're like, "She's fine. She's doing Mandalore. Like, leave her alone." (laughs) Where's, where's so and so? Just shut up. They're with the New Republic. Like everybody, you're right, Marcus. Everybody is neatly squared away so that they can just go on these adventures, and we don't have to worry. It's kind of like a vent. It's like captain america winter soldier mm-hmm. after the first avengers of like cap's taking on hydra by himself where are all of his buddies and everyone's they're like they're doing oh, stuff just...
1: they got stuff they, they're,
0: they're had doing a... stuff yep. they had time uh they don't, don't worry about it they're busy. this feels like a preemptive to any questions like that yeah, yeah especially so.
2: especially before you get into ahsoka like you have to wrap mm. up these storylines before you introduce ahsoka which is going to introduce its own thing oh, man And nobody wants to be asking questions of, hey, what about this? That was happening in season four of the man that didn't wrap itself up. Well, what about Moff Gideon in where's Ahsoka going to handle Moff Gideon? And it's like that has to be its own thing before yeah. we move into this that's yeah. actually a
0: really good point because that i mean that would be hard to suspend disbelief of like we know moff gideon's out here why isn't he allied or like right. we know mandalorian knows about the cloning mm-hmm. um so i yeah this is a good this is a good way to kind of yeah. clear the table for Thrawn to be the big bad and it's yeah i mean absolutely. it's it's a limited series so it's i don't yeah. think ahsoka is getting a season two i mean mm-hmm. and maybe it will but i think right now it's built as a limited series so That kind of (laughs) lends. I mean, they honestly, and again, I know people like look at me weird, but like Disney does this really well. They know exactly, like, oh, okay, we're gonna niche down. Like, you want just Ahsoka? Here's six episodes. We (laughs) probably maybe we'll do it again. Maybe we won't. Yeah, like they they know how to keep drawing in that audience. That's
2: very true. Very very true. That'll be one thing. Was crazy, boy. Yeah. that. That was crazy. Yeah, it was.
1: Uh, other final thoughts on this before we move into the movie for today.
2: Mm-hmm. More Star Wars quickly. Yes. <laughs> More Star uh, Boba Fett. I, I, it's weird that Boba didn't. I don't. I wonder where Boba Fett sits in the world of Mandalore. You know.
1: Well, so I mean, it, Bo- it's someone can interesting. Just take her helmet
2: off. Right. So.
0: Well, and there was an interview, and I'm gonna try to find it here as I as I talk about it, which we all know goes really well. Um, but. Essentially, uh, Tamir Morrison was at a convention recently and he essentially said that he had been given a verbal acknowledgement that he was going to be in season three of Mandalorian, which I think is expected because Mando essentially took over the last half of Book of Boba Fett, which I think is too bad. But but was also fun, I don't know, it was, you know, it's like eating ice cream and you're like, I've eaten too much ice cream, but I'm gonna keep eating it. (laughs) um that's what that felt like and he was at here it is supernova comic-con and gaming convention in australia and basically he has these really sad quotes of like nobody rang me i was waiting for the phone call in new zealand waiting and wanting to give up it's just like These oh ones, man,
2: someone check it on Morrison, please. Man, Boba please. Fett, Boba, Boba, that, Boba, that season of Boba Fett didn't go how they thought it was.
0: No, I, well yeah. he even addresses it and he goes, "Well, that Mando guy stole a few chapters of my book. It was painful watching him turn up with some black new lethal sword, oh and the way he turned God. up in my book of Boba Fett, he just destroyed everybody. I'm sure this guy is uh, ruining my show, but I couldn't say anything. I'm not the writer. What the fuck? Which is
2: definitely
0: insane. Yeah, it make it makes me feel for him because Boba Fett is pretty iconic in the whole scheme of things, and Mandalorian seems to be eating
2: his lunch. But last thing before we move on, I know we got to talk about Nicolas Cage, but I do think Star Wars is trying to, my personal opinion, move forward. No more Skywalker stories. No more. No more of the old these old stories no no more of no more of these old storylines like we're moving past them we're going to get moving past them but also going backwards and getting more lore like the new republic and you know the age of oh the old republic i'm sorry like we're going to get more of these newer stories and like ray come i know ray is coming back but i feel like they're going to get away from that ray skywalker storyline that they tried to do and You know, try to introduce just this new phase of storytelling for Star Wars. You don't develop a world of Mandalore without being like, we're going to tell a shit ton of stories (laughs) that exist on Mandalore. Well, Well, and I think the other thing that's
1: kind of cool is that I think what they're going to do is they laid some really strategic seeds for us being able to check back into Mandalore at another time in a later date. Because this is placed as like very shortly after the fall of the Empire, and what's yes. really cool is we could fast forward all the way to like fall of the, f- like after the, f- the events of um the first in the Skywalker series. Oh, oh yeah. And okay. you could drop them in and Mandalore suddenly has more plants and animals and life on it yeah, than it's fully it developed. did before. They started to plant some of those seeds of like, we can come back to this whenever the fuck we want yeah, to. Right. And it'll be. It'll look completely different than it yeah. did before, which I thought was cool with the same characters, you know, and love very <laughs> well. <true>. And
0: Honestly, <laughs> having Mandalore be a, like be a functioning place during the yes. events of the Ahsoka show, I think could be really cool. They may not even touch on it, but th- that hasn't really been touched on a lot. And yeah, I'd say books or other media, Um, a lot of Mandalore has just kind of been relegated to the, like the background of just like, ah, they're mean people don't mess with them. Like, Mm -hmm. so it's just nice to see that fleshed out in a very human way, uh, to me. So yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how Ahsoka
1: does anything or nothing with it. Yeah. Very true. Very, very true. Um, but yes, more star Wars quickly. I'm very excited (laughs) about it.
0: Um, and we have a break we have a break, too. Ahsoka isn't coming until the end of the summer. So they awesome. they learned their lesson that.
1: yeah, no kidding. um, and I on that note, just very quickly, we are starting to feel the effects, I feel like, of the leadership change yeah. at Disney a hundred percent. We are starting to see things slow down and have it to bang the yes. drum slowly a little bit more, like with more intention. but like, and I'm I'm excited about it. Like this isn't a specific statement about Star Wars, Marvel, or anything. I'm just kind yeah. of excited that stuff is kind of slowed down that I don't yes. have to be like, oh shit, I gotta go see this thing. Like I it makes it really really easy. And it gives us the ability to watch movies like what we watch today. Yes. For our Pat, for our patty family, the unbearable <laughs> weight of massive talent, which is about uh Nicholas Cage, um gentlemen or Marcus rather. Care to give us your barbershop summary of the unbearable weight of massive talent if the people above you don't come flying through with an elbow?
2: I feel like
0: <laughs> man if you're not watching the video stream, oh my gosh.
2: Yeah, I feel like I saw a piece of uh, ceiling come down. Okay. Um here's what happened. This movie is meta as fuck. It's Nicolas oh, Cage yeah. playing Nicolas Cage who's going to play Nicolas Cage with Nikki <laughs> Okay. Yep. And so basically you get this movie of not a washed up Nicolas Cage, but you get a a Nicolas Cage who's kind of on his last leg when it comes to acting. And it is a view into how talented Nicolas Cage and how timeless Nicolas Cage is. And he knows this and he knows he's talented and he's trying to bring it. You're still here. You're still here. He's trying to bring his family. (laughs) Jesus, he's trying to. Bring his family together and uh, sorry. So can somebody else take over this? I need to yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. And it is that he's trying you're able to see how talented he is, but you're also able to see what level of desperation he is in. Um, because his money's gonna run out. There's obviously something going on with his wife and his kids. So, like his kid rather, and so he takes this job in uh Spain and it puts him in a very precarious situation, but he also meets a Similar soul in the sense of how this is like it it helps meet that sort of similar person um, that he may uh, be really kind of feel a calling to. Um, And they decide to write a movie together, which is, again, this is sort of the meta moment. I'm not going to give any other details away, but the movie that they wrote together is also the movie that we ended up watching. Um, So there's that. Uh, Brian, thoughts on that? Did I miss anything in the baton handoff that we had?
0: No, I I think I think that's a good summary.
1: Okay, for those of you that are listening, Marcus currently is looking up at his ceiling because it feels as if someone maybe Dwayne the Rock Johnson (laughs) is going to do a people's elbow through his ceiling and like come down right on top of him. So if we have to bust out because Marcus died, we we will be. Oh, um,
2: see. goddamn. Too um, so dangerous. that is the we that is Super the tag
1: teamed version of the barbershop. I summary. The damn barbershop synopsis because the damn thing. Well, you're good. We're fine. We got it. That's it's. We're, we locked right. it out. Um, so I'm gonna do the cast of this particular movie. Uh, Nicolas Cage plays himself. Uh, Pedro Pascal plays javi Gutierrez. Tiffany Haddish plays Vivian. Sharon Horgan plays Olivia, AKA Nicholas Cage's ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Um, Paco Leon plays Lucas Gutierrez, Javi's uh, cousin. Neil Patrick Harris plays Richard Fink. Lily Mosheen plays Addie Cage. Al- Alessandra Mastradani plays Gabriella. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, it's kind of not a lot other than uh, Demi Moore is in this
2: for like two seconds. Uh, yeah, well. when
0: I, I and I missed it, I
2: I, I totally mm. missed it.
0: Was Demi that Mar- at
2: the end of the movie when um, yeah. she played yes. the actress version of the mom? Yes. Okay, got it. Okay, yep, got exactly it. right. I, yep. I knew I feel like I should have known who she was, but I was looking at that scene like I should know who that is. It's yes. important.
1: Um, <laughs> I am going to interject weird Nicolas Cage facts into this particular movie. I In, can't wait per, into this particular podcast uh in honor of the episode okay so my first nicholas cage fact is and maybe more it's a quiz and if you're listening watching feel free to play it along okay yeah gentlemen what was nicholas cage's original name without looking it up what was his original full we name get multiple choice i'm gonna just you're just gonna guess
2: nick, nick
0: johnson I don't okay. Know. Frankie,
2: okay frankie 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 silhouette okay <laughs> both wrong which i expected
1: that's just why i was sort of a softball this is more fun if you get it wrong because i can yeah. be like no well actually um his <laughs> full name is nicholas kim coppola oh. and if you're like wait a minute like is that francis? like francis ford coppola yes it is really nicholas cage is francis Ford coppola's nephew what yeah so nicholas cage is related
2: to the man who directed the godfather how okay for some reason this just makes sense Cuz not uh, it is blowing though? my mind Mm-mm. okay yeah so why did he change his name that's a quiz for later i gotta, oh. gotta talk about
1: the movie oh. a little bit oh, okay. before okay. before yeah, gotta, we gotta, work gotta, our, our way into it, so it we gotta, gracious we gotta gotta talk about it a little bit so gentlemen thoughts on this particular movie
0: I mean, if you like this podcast, this this movie is exactly kind for you it's yeah, it, it, it yeah. filled with movie references. It is filled with Nick Cage references. Mm-hmm. It is filled with cameos from like mm-hmm. David Gordon. I, I want to get this name right. David David the 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 director at the beginning of it is David uh, Gordon Green. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Is David Gordon Green who you? I'm I'm pretty sure people have seen his movies. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah you definitely Harris. have. I mean, just there's so many people in this, uh, and so many references, and the the whole the whole fact that the movie is actually the script they turn in of their experience just makes it even more, yeah, meta and just surreal. Yeah,
2: yeah. The only thing, the one thing that I could I would compare it to immediately, if you need a feeling, is Tropic Thunder, and <clears throat> um, yes, that yeah. meta feeling of you have these. Actors playing actors in a movie that's about the movie. That's yes. kind of like that's the direct thing I would do a comparison to if you're trying to figure out why should I watch this. It wasn't as corny as I thought it would be. If I'm just being honest. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was. a I was going to be a movie filled with Nicolas Cage quoting himself. um And I'm glad that he's got the sense of humor as an actor to kind of poke fun at himself. Yep, for yeah. sure. um Because I, a lot of people wouldn't do that. They would. Not. I mean.
0: That's the thing is like this movie is so special to me because mm-hmm. I can't imagine another actor doing this. Like, and the no. ones that you would want to see, I don't ever see doing it. Like mm-hmm. your Tom Cruise's your Robert Downey Jr.'s. Uh, I mean, like
2: I, it's just, that would be one s- person I think that could do it is Robert Downey Jr. If you, yeah. if you tell me to do this movie and replace Nicolas Cage with an actor, I think Robert Downey Jr. would be really good at this. Yeah, yeah, Maybe. I, I could see that. But
1: I think the Nicholas trouble did it well. I think the trouble is, is that no other actor has the what's the word I'm looking for? Cultural cachet. Cultural ca- ca- cultural cachet, but also <laughs> has like. the like the the breadth of like yeah movie history like there's no there's so much of an urban legend of like nicholas cage why the fuck would you yeah. do a movie yeah where you play like some weird jujitsu <laughs> alien hunter in a movie that's literally called jujitsu and then your next movie is pig that is literally about oh a man gosh. being so in love with his pig that's when it's killed, he goes on an absolute killing rampage. Then you go to Renfield. Those are the last three movies that I can name off the top of my head that he did. And that is an Impressive. insane like – and you can go all the way back and there's just – this man punched a woman in the
2: face dressed as a bear for Christ's sake. Like, Oh, my it, gosh. It's yeah, all over the place. He did, we do Yeah. The only, th- once again, the only person I can compare it to with, with that cultural cachet, as Brian mentioned, um, <laughs> which I think is a perfect phrase, is Samuel I'm Jackson. Sure. Yep, because he's True. the only one that's got the spreads the gambit yeah. and rolls selected um and even i think he would also be good at somebody to poke all i can think about this entire movie to me because it's a good movie at its base right yes it's got a good yeah. plot good twist in it the only thing i could think about throughout though was like what other actors would i like to see do this oh sure. yeah and how would they poke fun at themselves because you know yep. nick pokes fun at himself at like we got a bunch of shit we need to do or i owe a lot of money and there's yep. a lot of debt and there's all these things i got to do and this is the role that'll change us for a lifetime i think a lot of that was true and honest you know what yep. i mean and like sure. I agree. I would just like I was just thinking the entire time, what other actors would I like to see? Actors, people who act actresses, would I like to see do this kind of role?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh that's a great point. Brian.
0: I now I mean I've only thought of actors. When I think of actresses, like and I think the other thing here too is like I feel like Nick Cage is part of if you're gonna let me wax poetic here for a second, Please. I feel like Nick Cage, Tom Cruise, Keanu Reeves is mm. like They're this last wave of like more classical, like Hollywood movie stars, and I guess what I mean by that is is like anybody can become a star now. Like there's movies with people you've never heard of before, and they're good, and we and we're cool with it. And so I feel like these legacy type things of like oh they're a legend, like well you don't need that as much to sell a movie. It might help, but like you have so many folks that are not household names turning in good projects that. I feel like it's, maybe it's not the end of an era, but it's certainly changing, and I feel like mm-hmm. Nick Cage is one of those people that, it, it's it, it's almost incomparable. Like, and when yeah. I think, I mean, and, and there's a ton of actresses I would have loved to see this treatment for. I feel like Cameron Diaz, yeah. like, comes to mind, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I just feel like she would have crushed something like this, too. Yeah, of like, you, you followed all of my work? Uh, I, I mean, the list could go on, but I, I think that I don't know. It's such a weird concept for a movie that I'm even surprised it got made and I'm happy it did because yeah. this I mean, again, and we I feel like I say this a lot on this podcast, but it's a movie for people who like really
2: like movies. Yeah, <laughs>
1: like, it absolutely yeah, like, is. It absolutely you know, is. That's a great way to put it.
2: And the, um, the pairing, I think the pairing is also another important piece to put out. You can do this movie with Nicolas Cage, but this movie isn't what it is without Pedro Pascal.
1: Agreed. Oh, my 100% gosh.
2: Accurate yes yeah like the pairing is just perfect like these two playing off of each other pedro the super fan nicholas cage being also a fan of javi i guess i should use the movie name like javi and all that other stuff but i just think that those two really bought the movie to life and really played off of each other well absolutely you know what the
1: trouble is with doing so marcus to your point uh samuel l jackson is credited as being an actor in 196 different projects yeah, since the start uh, of his career. Now for perspective, Cameron Diaz has been in 59 projects credited as an actress. Huh. Tom Cruise has been credited in 46 projects as an actor. Keanu Reeves has been credited in 106 and Nicholas Cage has been credited in 107. So, that is the ba- ba- body of work. So almost Samuel L. Jackson is too much. Like there is too much to pull from. <laughs> no, so like, not, not. Absolutely true. Give me more Samuel L. Jackson. But if you're trying <laughs> to do
2: a movie where it's a tribute, like what do you pick? Yeah. Like yeah. what oh, do you pick? Like, and it'd almost, be hard. I feel like you can be funny with Nick Cage's movies that he's done yeah. in the past Sam almost you could do a homage because of all of the different be. types of roles that he's done and right. the cultural component that he adds to it as well but yeah
1: um, there Um are some of these as I'm looking at them like that I really like as I look at like Nicolas Cage's like filmography there are movies on here that I have seen and that I have loved and then there yep. are movies on here that I have not seen and I really would like to watch like he <laughs> yeah. did a movie that's called oh god where is it uh it was insane when i saw the title and i was like i have to watch this if only to figure <laughs> out what's going on here um i'll find it later but i do you remember he was in that movie um for disney called the sorcerer's apprentice sure do yes, i do remember. that, that was movie. such a fun movie yeah I do like really i actively it. enjoyed that um like that was really really good um so, yeah, he's been all over the place. Are you all ready for my next fun Nicolas Cage fan? Of course. Please. please, Gentlemen, as I mentioned, Nicolas Cage has 107 projects that he's been credited as an actor. What was his first appearance as an actor oh, shit. in what movie? I'll give you a hint. It was in 1982. Godfather. It was not the Godfather. Good guess.
0: At Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I don't know. That's absolutely what it it. was,
1: Brian. Brian, that's the answer. He (laughs) was in Fast Times at
2: Ridgemont High. (laughs) The way Brian and I looked at the camera was like, oh, what? (laughs) You said I got it right? Yeah, he appears
1: very quiet, very controlled. He plays a fellow cashier in the restaurant that the main character uh, Judge Reinhold works at. And he literally blends into the background. You hmm. would blink and you miss him because he's I, there. But he total is there, guess. like in the background. That's so, wow, yes, Brian, weird. his first appearance was in the movie The Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, all I went off 82. of
0: was early 80s. And I was like, what's, what's like a common eight? Like, yeah. I,
1: that's incredible. Great, yeah. Pull, great, yeah, pull. Was, yeah cool. dude. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, the I found the movie I wanted to see too. It's a short film called Werewolf Women of the SS. And it came out in 2007. And Nicolas Cage plays a man called Fu Manchu. Wait, no, wait I definitely want to wait, see Wait, wait, wait. This was
0: a trailer. This was a trailer in the Quentin Tarantino movie Grindhouse.
1: Did they oh, actually shit. make a movie of it? Uh, maybe not. Okay. I never saw Grindhouse, so possibly not. I uh, yeah, probably so, won't be watching that movie. It's two minutes. So, yes, <laughs> they did not make it. That's the trailer.
0: Okay. Okay, yeah. Well, now I, I'm gonna
1: look it up. And I'm I mean, watch
0: I watched Grindhouse and it Jeez. was it was a very much a Brian Roush okay. movie. It it is, okay. it is all right
1: nuts. Fair enough. Back to the movie oh in Ham. Uh my question for you all is Was there ever a moment in the movie when you were watching it where you were like, Oh, this is a movie about making a movie? Like, yeah. or this is Or was ever – sorry, let me rephrase because that's obvious. That answer is like, duh, Doug, are you watching it? (laughs) Uh, The question I was going to ask, did you ever expect the end of the movie to be the way in which it ended? So that last little bit where it reveals that they're on set at a premiere, did you see that coming? Yes.
0: Yes. Kind of. I I mean – I wasn't surprised I didn't see it coming but I wasn't I I wasn't surprised I mean basically halfway through the movie when the CIA is like hey you have to convince this you have to stay longer for XYZ and oh, the only way to do that is to do this script I was like oh they're gonna that's like what this whole movie is gonna be about so I I wasn't surprised I did not see it coming though
2: when they were in the car and Javi said what if this was the movie about our relationship you oh I mean? yeah! Oh, got it. This is what this is about. And when they did the face off of, um, when they had the face off of, like, should we go to the top of the mountain so that we can? Finish, oh yeah! Finish out this third act at the top of the yeah. third act. I was like, yes. okay, got
0: it. That that yeah. was that was like it was like if you look into the camera and say that any harder, mm-hmm. you're gonna break the lens. Yeah,
2: like, <laughs> at that point, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's that Jim Halpert moment, like in the <laughs> office, where you look at the camera and you're just kind of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They j they the camera real hard
0: there.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, hard. they definitely did. Yeah. Um,
2: I thought he said yeah,
1: g- that's that moment where he was like, What if it's about this? If any case anybody's curious, that's where we lost Britney. That's oh, really? that's where Britney was like, I hate this, I don't want to watch it anymore. Oh, like, she was just out. Um, because she was like, <laughs> This is a this is a movie for people who really like movies and who really like yes. Nicolas Cage, and she goes yeah i don't really know a lot about him so i don't really care one way or another okay and she made a really good point where she's like yeah if you're like the three of us and you watched movies like the rock yeah and ghost rider and face off and some of those other like really like and uh con air and raising air and raising arizona like if you didn't watch those as a part of like your youth this movie is kind of like a why did they make a movie about Nicolas Cage? Like, I do yeah. feel like there is yeah. like an asterisk Yo. next to it where you're like, uh, that's kind of the
2: factor. I, I do think that that makes it kind of a slept on movie, though, because yes, I think yeah. a lot of people missed out on how good this was, including me, because I like Nicolas Cage. I will watch some of the stuff that he's in, um, like most majority of the stuff that he's in. Probably I'm not up to date with the newer stuff. But I didn't watch this because I wasn't, like, the super fan of Nicolas Cage to, like, want to oh, watch sure. a movie about Nicolas Cage. Right. Um, if it wasn't for us having to watch it for the Patty family, like, I probably wouldn't have watched it. I Agreed. had always skipped past it in Paramount Plus, which luckily my father had a star subscription, so I was able to watch it.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, right. you.
2: Um, but I probably wouldn't have watched it. That's fair. That's absolutely uh, the
0: the love nerds.com sponsored my watch, so <laughs> i right now. So thank you oh, to my wife and her business.
1: That's <laughs> that's so funny to me. Is she making a series of T-shirts inspired by Nicolas Cage? I mean, she should. She That'd should be hilarious. That would be clearly hilarious. she
0: should. She should. Uh, yeah, for your ne- <laughs> make party supplies for your next Nicolas Cage themed birthday party for your child. Just can I every- say more? Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, my bad. I, I interrupted
2: the. Oh, promo. it wasn't a
0: good bit. Go ahead.
2: I interrupted. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're fine. I interrupted that promo. You're fine. Uh, the only thing that annoyed me in this movie, and I don't uh-huh. want to say this as a black man. Say it. Okay. Tiffany Haddish. I'm oh, just
1: wondering why did she? Why did she annoy you?
2: I am. I don't think that I am a fan of Tiffany Haddish in things oh this is so funny to me keep going Um, I can watch whatever she's in it's not like I hate Tiffany Haddish so I'm not gonna watch Uh that but when she popped up and did her whole bit I was like why Tiffany Haddish in particular for that role yeah good question fair question because even the whole CIA thing, the whole CIA bit, like, I don't know who else they could have had to play the role. It's nothing that she did in particular. Like, I'm, it's just I was watching a movie, and I in the first scene where she's like, I'm gonna do it anyway, I put his phone in his pocket. Oh my god, it's Nick yeah. Cage. <laughs> like, why specifically was it Tiffany Haddish and not someone else? That was the only thing that was like, going through my mind. Um, I'm not like a big, oh, Tiffany Haddish is in it? I need to go watch it. I think she's always oh. good as a assistant like a like a co-lead in some capacity i agree um but to this story i didn't feel like she offered anything that was like oh yeah they perfectly casted tiffany haddish for this role
1: yeah. yeah I'd agree with that but I also don't think I would ever count myself as someone who has to like go see I don't think I would be in that boat either of like oh it's Tiffany Haddish mm-hmm. I gotta go see her stuff mm-hmm. what I find very interesting is when I was demoing this movie for my wife to see by watching the trailer she said I'll watch it because of Tiffany Haddish really
2: uh, uh, <laughs> no. we'll find out every day on this She barely yeah Brittany is not a fan of this podcast
1: <laughs> I don't think she's a fan of the <laughs> movies we watch for this podcast
2: <laughs> Bernie is not. She, she is, is like outside of, of
1: several demographics. Um, I mean, I
0: can't. I can't recommend a movie to her. I, and I accept this uh, yeah, wholeheartedly. So yeah, this this yeah. tracks with she the, the like previous. Either.
1: Yeah. But... <laughs> um. Yeah, that's really funny. That's interesting. I also, to be honest, I kind of felt the same way about Ike Barinholtz too. Like you could have yeah. had yeah, that was a random anybody person. as the CIA. You could have I mean, had to insert two people in suits like mm-hmm. you didn't need to do it but it felt like you did it because you were friends uh, like that's where i absolutely picked up like maybe they're just really good buddies with <sighs> tiffany Haddish and ike Bernholtz.
0: what it felt like was the studio knew that the core of this is is the relationship dynamic between nick cage and pedro pascal's characters mm-hmm. and that's 90 percent of the movie so another advertising route is well we have these like two cia characters that have maybe eight pages of lines yeah cast whoever and you put their names on the marketing and call it a day I, that was probably yeah. what is it it, that was probably the logic behind it and i mean to me it kind of works i was like oh like Tiffany, Hattish. like, OK, like she's in this, too. Like, I'll be legit. Like, yeah, that I I, yeah. that
2: I would say a, the same that
0: thing in favor
2: for one. Of, but to Brian's point, Patrick, um Neil Neil Patrick Patrick Harris. Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. Thank you. Neil Patrick Harris Mm -hmm. being casted didn't bother me at all. But I still felt like that was a perfect casting for the agent who is Nicholas Cage's agent. Right. So that role made sense to me. And I think to Brian's point about the marketing, you say you have Neil Patrick Harris, you got Tiffany Haddish, you got Nicholas Cage, you got Patrick. If you list these names, I'm like, oh, that sounds like an all star funny cast of a movie that I want to watch. But nothing that they did in particular was funny for me if I'm just being honest. It feels and- like, it feels like, this feels like the, this feels like the,
1: like, if you're going to a comedy club, this feels okay. like the, like, you're going because Nicolas Cage is going to do a set. And then you got all these other comics on top of it <laughs> where you were like, maybe they'll be good, but it doesn't really matter. Cause mm-hmm. you showed up. It was Nicolas Cage. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. very much like a, and I feel like from a studio perspective, I feel like they kind of were like, you're not going to make a movie that's just about Nicolas Cage. Who else can you get in? Right. Well, we got Pedro Pascal. Great. We need a little bit of like punch up or otherwise this is going to be silly and stupid. Yeah. So they're like, what if we got some comedians in this? They're like, great. We don't care pick three. Like, and they picked those three. Yeah. And those
2: three, I think Mm -hmm. those three are good on on paper. You tell me that this movie is happening on the poster. You tell me this movie is happening. And I think that they have a bigger role than what they do. I'm like, okay, yeah, I will watch a movie with this oddball cast of comedians and clearly distinct and different personalities for sure. Oh yeah. But when I watched the movie, it was kind of like, well, why did you put these two people in here? Like it could have been anybody. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it it didn't. I don't know. It, I was, I was so, I was so indifferent to those characters because yeah, yeah. I just wanted to see more of Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal doing their thing. Exactly, and maybe um, that's the point.
2: I just focused too much on it no it's it's something certainly no. something weird that's noticed, so yeah you're fine
0: I, I i mean I think it works I think it works for what it is. I think for folks like us though that are like your meat and potatoes here is good enough. you don't need to add like the silly yeah. CIA agents mm-hmm. i I don't think that's for us i I think that's to like at least try to hook in more of like the and general
1: push viewers. Story line forward
2: too, probably. yeah, <laughs> you know I do think um, though
1: I do think though Brian and Marcus, mm-hmm. you all made this point about like why Tiffany haddish. I do think that there's something unpleasant here. Maybe if we were to really like uncover it, because in my mind, that moment where Nicholas Cage is like walking into the camera room and he's accidentally touched his forehead with this like
0: mm-hmm.
1: sedative. I feel like if you play that with like really deadpan CIA folks yeah. who are acting there, oh, that's it. a funnier moment. I almost worry that they were like, cast Tiffany Haddish because she'll be extra in how she oh, responds. Got it. And that's yeah. me looking into it a little that's bit. That's the typecast like, that she gets I feel into, like she's being, I feel like that's maybe they typecast her a little bit mm-hmm. because to me, it's funnier if the two dudes are like, what are they doing? Like, really deadpan, taking it way too seriously. Right. Like, what are you doing? And then, you know, they have that moment where they say, action, and he wakes back up, and that's mm-hmm. where the punchline and all that stuff is. So, I don't know, they that's me really picking about part a movie that all in all was sort of like fun and an homage to my Mm -hmm. like teen and early 20 years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, I love that. I I don't know. I really enjoyed the third act and how this movie was like, Mm -hmm. look, we did all the character stuff. It's, it's time for the, it's time for action. Okay. We're going to have a car chase. We're gonna have a shootout. We're, we're going to, we're just going to go for it. And I enjoyed it for that because I don't know, One, it also honors Nick Cage's, like, extensive action movie history. Yeah. And then on the other hand, it's also, like, how do you want to end this movie? Do you want want there to be an emotional breakthrough? Do you want there to be, like, you know, like, none of that feels right for Nick Cage. Like, you got to have this big explosive moment. And I think that's, I don't know, that's very on par for this
1: for me. Gentlemen, would you like my last Nicolas Cage fact of the podcast? Yes, I'm ready. What is the inspiration for Nicolas Cage's, essentially his pseudonym? So his real name is Nicholas Kim Coppola. From what does he draw inspiration for his last name?
2: I know why the cage bird sings.
1: That is an outstanding guess. It's incorrect, but that's an outstanding <sighs> no. guess. Damn. That's very an intellectual guess, yeah I was I,
0: I, I was mine is not. I was going to say Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat. But oh, that, yeah. that that video game came out way after he changed his name. I'm pretty sure
1: it did. He read Marvel Comics's Luke Cage and wanted to oh. change his last name because it was something that was like un like timeless, something that could be like, What did he call it? This is from like the 60 minutes interview that I sent you. He says, I almost wanted it to be something that was like unbreakable. Like you couldn't, you couldn't take that away from me. And so in the, in the digging that I did at age 15, he tried to convince his uncle to give him a screen test for a movie that Francis Ford Coppola was working on. The quote that he shouted at his uncle was, I'll show you acting. This is after Francis Copla, Francis Ford Coppola had directed Marlon Brando, Al Pacino, Gene Hackman, and Robert De Niro. And the other issue is, is that people were gonna say, like, they were judging him because they were essentially gonna say, like, any work you get is because He's of from nepo- your, is from nepotism. Um, yeah. So he said, Well, then I'll change my last name, hence Nicholas Cage.
2: Wow. <clears throat> you what you, what, okay, I have a question. Yes. This is the age old timeless question that usually comes up in music conversations, right yeah, okay. do you think a person do you think a person's longevity can longev a little too much? Um, if I'm looking at the history of Nicolas Cage and where he was with things like, we see him in Face Off, we see him uh, in um, what is it with Arizona? What is with Arizona? Raising Arizona. Re- raising Arizona. We seen him in Con Air. Mm-hmm. You know, we see him in all these different type of movies. And sometimes you get a you get a light like Pig, or you get a light like this movie, right? Yeah. Has he been in the game so long that he's tainted? Kind of his how serious we take him. Or is he still in his prime and is still somebody who is well-respected in acting? Has he ever been in that position, I guess is my question. That's a good question.
1: I think there's a moment. I think there's a turning point. I think there's a turning point with his acting where it sort of falls off. And I would love to do like more of a deep dive Mm -hmm. into this. But realistically... You know, from 1987, when he debuted really for his first full time role in Raising Arizona, this dude had hits like almost every like sometimes two movies a year. So in the same year that he did Raising Arizona, which is a Coen Brothers classic, he did Moonstruck, which is another like absolutely like in terms of like it's a cult following. it's got a huge cult following it's considered to be really really good Mm -hmm. then he takes a little time off then he's in a movie called time to kill then he does after that honeymoon in vegas then the next big one and he does a few like that are right there in 95 96 and 97 with leaving las vegas the rock con air face off city of angels snake eyes Mm eight millimeter gone in 60 seconds the Family Man, and then it starts to go like, "Ooh, what are we doing here?" Okay, because we're exactly. starting to get some weird things like Captain Corelli's mandolin. Then we're also getting he was in a movie called he did the voice for one of the Marley brothers in a Christmas Carol movie, like what? And hmm. then, look, y'all, <laughs> I'm not here to talk negatively of, of 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 current events, but he played a man. <laughs> With a New York accent in the movie about the World Trade Center, and it was, and that mustache was not great. But then there's these other, and then The Wicker Man was that year, which good or bad, it's iconic for him, yeah. But then it really starts to get kind of, I hate to say it, out there. Um, After the Second National Treasure, he does Bangkok Dangerous, he does Knowing, he does Bad Lieutenant. He does, but you're right, Marcus, like he has these moments where they're like up and down and they're kind of all over the place. I I don't know. I mean, he definitely hit hard times right around 2013 from 2013 to, I don't know, like 2018 because he did a movie. Some of these he did. I mean, in 2017, he did six movies, Hmm. six in one year. Including one that I would love to watch
2: for this podcast called Bomb and Dad. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Insane. I remember that one. I guess that, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. You, you know, you ha- you do have people, and then I think about it, like you have Tom Cruise, right? Tom ain't necessarily putting out a bad movie. Like, it can kind of be hit or miss for people depending on where they at, but he also sticks to his bread and butter. Mission Impossible, uh, Top Gun, like right now he's been in a game where he can kind of go back mm-hmm. and revisit these movies and just put his little Tom Qua on it, and it's it's good. It's a success, and he's got the name to be able to be successful. Nicolas Cage, is he was hot, and then you kind of hit that turning point, you know, I don't know. Is he still considered a caliber actor? Is he somebody we take serious, tolerate, or kind of look like like you remember when Nick was good? I, I, I think there's I think there's one problem with
1: this. I think here's I think I think this is the biggest problem with this, is that I think the issue is not so much is he still a good actor, I think the issue is did he have really good managers mm. and then did his <laughs> managers take advantage? And again, uh, I don't know much about his Quite personal possible. life. Right. Dude could have a cocaine habit that I don't know about. <laughs> Very possible. Or he could have another vice. Like, what's what's the vice that they say for murders? It's always, like, drugs, money, or sex. Like, that's the reason yeah. why murders happen. Same thing for, like, why you embezzle money. Drug, money, or you know what I mean? So, like, <clears throat> there's part of me that, like, would equate this to, like, he could have... I can't remember the manager's name of the NWA, like to use the music analogy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if that manager of them, when they were first starting in their first, like when they were really big, when yeah. Yeah. came out, that dude like fucked them. Would we still, would we still have easy E and would they have still been together to make seven more albums? If the manager was better. Or would I the mean, music
2: eventually would have fallen off. I feel like that's two different questions. If I'm being honest, I feel like yours is part of, it's part of the story. Mine is. It is. Mine is Nick can always say no when it comes to a gig. He
1: can. You know? Well, And I
2: knew there was a moment where he possibly needed money. That was the rumor. Like yeah. he owed a lot of money. He was in debt. And I'm yeah. not saying he's a bad actor, but I'm saying like, look at the journey. And where do we view him now? Like, where do we, us three view Nicolas Cage, after watching this movie and getting kind of this walk down memory lane of like, is this a movie poking fun at Nick because of where he is now? Or is this a movie celebrating Nick because of how far he's come and everything that he's done and offering context to how he got to this moment?
1: That's a great question.
2: I would say. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brian.
0: You actually finish your point, and then I have so I I just pulled up some really quick fast facts about his trajectory with movies. So finish your finish your thought, Doug, and then
1: I have a quick I have a quick book report. I guess here's the thing: is that like an actor, people in desperation will do desperate things. I think Nick Cage is Absolutely. a phenomenal actor. Yes, you are telling me that the same person who was able to do Stanley Goodspeed in The Rock was also able to do like the guy he played in national treasure, whose Mm -hmm. name I can never remember, but who also did like jujitsu, like all three of those people are the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think what you can say is he's doing the best he can, given the material that he's given. So I would still say he's a fantastic actor who has poor judgment, like who has, or who is in a situation that causes him to go. Judgment isn't a factor Mm -hmm. like I'm not in a position financially where I can say no. If someone's going to pay me $10 million to show up in a bullshit alien movie where I do Kung Fu and fight them for 90 minutes, fuck it. I need the money. Like I can't say no. And so I think that's more or less, I think we need to judge him based on his talent and try to take out his personal circumstances that impacted his talent. So, i'm pulling this from a
0: variety piece uh that was that was published in march of 2022 kind of talking about this period in his life so essentially it's this moment after i want to get this date right because it will make sense with his imdb history yeah uh but essentially he uh around 2014 yep. uh you start seeing all these like box office flops of like Sorcerer's Apprentice, Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. and that's when you see all these like really strange movies you've never heard of um and it turns out that like basically around that time the IRS came for him in uh-huh. 6.3 million dollars of unpaid taxes and From he had some really, some really uh, intense spending habits i think is the best way to say it apparently he bought castles in europe he bought a fleet of rolls royces God damn. uh and so basically he took every single project he could starting in 2014 uh just to like pay the bills and then it basically this interview is for uh unbearable weight of massive talent and essentially, he figured this all out around 2021. He's paid off his debt. The tax lien is gone. So he can be a little bit more picky with projects. Mm. But it reminds me of the Bruce Willis streak of like, I feel yeah. like I keep seeing him in an ad for a new yeah. low budget action movie where it yeah. looks like he's phoning it in. Why am I seeing it this way? And it turns out it's, it's because Nick Cage needed money. Like he needed money to pay the IRS. Yeah, yeah. So that's why. And I mean, there's some stuff in here that's good. Like Mandy was well-reviewed. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You have, but I mean, then you also, for every Mandy, there's like five, you know, Vengeance, yeah. A Love Story, or Army of One, or, you yeah. know, uh, all this all this other type of stuff. So anyway, 2014 to 2021, that's why you get the filmography you do.
1: Yeah. And, and Brian, I'm looking at the Wikipedia that lists out all the different properties that he sold. He sold Jeez. he sold an island worth seven million dollars that was off the coast of um Nassau County, which is like Nassau, oh. the Bahamas. Uh the other island was owned by Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. Uh, oh, I like them. Uh he sold, you're right, he sold a medieval castle, Schloss Neidstein, in the Opervalz region of Germany. He sold that for 2.5 million dollars. That did. Uh <laughs> he he put up he had to sell his German castle, his home in Rhode Island, Louisiana, Nevada, California, and his island all just yeah, to be able to pay dude. back this situation. Because you're right, he owed six point two million dollars to the IRS. And he had to say that um, and he said in addition, the Internal Revenue Service added another lien on his properties. Dating to 2002 to 2014, that was for $350,000. I bring this up to highlight Man. this other point that in 2009, shortly after, you know, the issues with his, tax re- his taxes, he did file a lawsuit against his business manager,
2: Samuel mm. Levin, alleging did he really? ne-
1: alleging negligence and fraud.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Very I feel. Listen, I am not the one saying that Nick is not, you know, not a good actor or I don't enjoy Nicolas Cage. I just want to make sure I think perceptions of this movie can be taken in differently depending on who the audience is. Oh, 100 percent. You know, is this a movie celebrating Nicolas Cage and everything that he's done? Because I do believe what I also enjoyed that this was not a domestic based movie. Right? Yeah. It is international. And I do think that international internationally, Nick Cage is viewed as these older movies and like, man, Nick Cage is a badass, and he's an action star that we all know and love. And here we're oversaturated really in America. And like we get a badass action star every other week. You know what I mean? Like there's there's other options that we know. Yeah. Um, I just I just wanted to bring that point up and I appreciate y'all highlighting that.
1: Yeah. No, and I think Marcus, that's not an unfounded point, right? Because lately Nostalgia has been king for the millennial uh, folk, and so this is what does he bring up when he gets in there? The guns from Face Off, the elegance yeah. from the Pearls mm-hmm. configuration, the bunny thing from Con Air. He's not bringing up anything before that. Like mm-hmm. he's not bringing up stuff yeah. from Moonstruck. He's not bringing up stuff from you know maybe a nod to Raising Arizona, but not much more than that. Yeah. Even the movie it opens up with is Con Air. Mm-hmm. That's a millennial. That is that is a, hey, you all, you remember these yeah. six movies? Yeah. Because I think you're right. If you're younger than that, you're going to look at this movie and go like, the dude hasn't been in anything good that I've seen. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Why are we doing this? Or this is, in a way, we're late to watching this. This was his Super Bowl right oh well, yeah. you don't get you yeah. don't get paid to ship to perform the super bowl but what it does do is up your streams after the super bowl is over right yeah great, point. great and point. so you watch this movie this is his super bowl he's in it with a new hot actor pedro oh, pascal and they seem yeah. like that. a genuine chemistry with each other and enjoyed each other you know you watch this movie and then you end it and you're kind of like you know what i feel like watching I kind of feel like watching face off or I kind of feel like watching yep. Con Air or I kind of feel like watching insert yep. whatever uh National Treasure 2. Because what you can say is there is a move. There is a Nick Cage movie in every generation. Oh, yeah,
0: I agree. So I
2: everybody's got something that they could poke and pull and be like, well, I remember Nick Cage from insert this. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. I
0: mean. I like and I'm fascinated by this filmography. I mean, like, this guy Actually, didn't say no. Yeah. No, like at all. He made he made a movie called Willie's Wonderland where it looks like he he's did. trapped in a Chuck E. Cheese. He made
1: a movie yeah. called Mom and Dad, where it looks oh, like home Day. alone on acid. Home uh, alone, except mom and dad are trying to kill you. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean,
0: like, there's mm-hmm. stuff on mm-hmm. here that mm-hmm. is like way out there. So like I kind of have to give the guy a ton of credit the tip because, of the hat. Like, yeah, honestly, I, I mean, this guy, this guy just didn't say no at all. They just were like, you want another movie? And he was like, what am I doing? Am I a dark wizard this time? Am, <laughs> I, <scared laughs> the sewer? am I the spirit of vengeance? Like you, you, you throw it at me. I'll go. And I honestly, I, I
1: like, you can't keep mad at him for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. think about his engine. He's on set <laughs> on mom and dad. Reading a script for the next <laughs> insane project, not reading it right, not reading it to say yes or no. He's already said yeah, yes, he's working he on is memorizing one. lines while he already has lines up here. <laughs> uh, for he could run a master class yeah. on memorizing shit, target it to college students, charge 20 bucks a pop, <laughs> and I'd be willing to bet he'd make off whatever else he has left because whatever strategy is there dude can memorize some shit and commit well, it to memory
0: and i i also feel like it's i don't know for me i feel like nicholas cage became like an internet meme in itself
1: mm-hmm. in yeah. like
0: i don't know i feel like i saw a lot of it around 2010 2011 like after he was in sorcerer's apprentice and like it, i don't know like i don't even know how to describe it but like this was i mean there was reddit But you didn't have like TikTok or like memes weren't really on Twitter and kind of not so much Facebook. But like, I don't know, like he he was everywhere on the Internet and it was just kind of shorthand for like unhinged, like, I don't know, unhinged wildness. I don't even know how to describe it. He was
1: unhinged before unhinged became a part of our like cultural like zeitgeist.
0: Like when yeah, I say somebody's
1: I, acting unhinged now, you have a thought in your head, and it's more than likely <laughs> a clip from a Nicolas Cage movie. 100%. Yeah. 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 So that's what I got. Um, gentlemen, final thoughts on this. Should people watch it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Go watch it. If you like chance.
1: this podcast, watch this movie. No we just got it. done talking about the man in the movie for the last forty five minutes. You can't separate. Yeah. It,
0: yeah, I can. mean that's the thing. That's that's why I enjoy it. That's why I get so meta
1: with it cuz you yeah. you have to think about everything twice.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Cool. Well, uh go stream it. It's a lot of fun. Thank you to the Paddy Paddy family for tossing one hour way Uh gentlemen, what do you all have to plug this week?
0: Right. hey folks uh the lovenerds.com sponsored my viewing of the unbearable weight of massive talent so go Love check nerds. out that website there's a lot of good lifestyle tips and tricks that you can easily implement in your life to make it a bit brighter go check out the lovenerds.com and coming soon, uh, Nicholas Cage themed T-shirt designs. <laughs> uh, oh. Nicholas Cage themed birthday uh, supplies. You want? Yeah. You want? A, you want a Conair
1: birthday party? Why? I'm kidding. I'm not committing <laughs> to any of this. Yes. Would you like an elegant string of pearls on a T-shirt? Anyway. Marcus, <laughs> what do you have to plug?
2: Uh, you always want to make sure you follow the mantra, never offended, always humble, you know what I mean? Find something you like, go support the mantra, go buy yourself some gear um, on the website. You always have the link in my bio at MarcusJDestin. Whatever. Go support some music. um, Go support Soul Tide. Go support myself and some music. But whatever you do, make sure you follow the mantra. Never offended. Always humble.
1: Absolutely. And I have for this for this plug, uh, this podcast. Uh, recommend this to a friend or a family member. Uh, best way to share the love about the podcast. Also, if you feel like being ridiculed on a daily on a weekly basis by me please sign up for one of the patreon i'm kidding that's, that's the fourth we seat. we could not do this without uh roman and the rest of our patty family helping yeah. us pick movies like this so if you want to help be a producer for the show join the patty family head over to patreon.com slash films in black and white to visit everything there there will be a link in the episode description to all of these things uh but gentlemen we have a three-step process to success brian what is the first step Hey
0: folks, I'm here to tell you to read a book. Oh, and I'm not, I'm, and I just, here's the thing. Usually I have something quippy, but like, honestly, to just find a book that gets you jazzed. Cause there is not like, there's just such a great feeling yeah. of being lost in a book. And you're like, I can't wait to read more. It's just, it's a special experience. So <laughs> go find, go find that book. You, yeah. you have permission. If you need it, go find that book, read a
1: book. Brian, Brian and I talked about books that we reread. And reminded us why we liked them or enjoyed Mm. them to start the pod. So yeah, you can, and you can go back to old books. We're not saying read the, a new book every week. That's a lot to commit to go back and revisit something you read when you were a kid or maybe when you were, you know, in your younger days and see if you still enjoy it. And maybe it's a trip down emotional memory Mm -hmm. lane for you. So
2: read a book. Nice. Brian. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Marcus. No, no I'm not is,
2: Uh Drink I, some I water. Know <laughs> drink another podcast I know we look alike. Uh, the
1: Black History Month threw me off. I don't nah, know anything.
2: Wow, wow. Black History Month <laughs> threw you off, huh? Uh, drink some water. Step two, you want to make sure you drink some <clears throat> water. Drink some water with some alkaline. Drink some water that's filtered through an expensive Brita. but Whatever you do, make sure you are drinking water. Stay hydrated. The sun is coming out. Hopefully, we are done with snow here in South Dakota, knock on wood. uh, Why'd you have
1: to say it? Now it's a a
2: shit show. But whatever you do, make sure you drink some water.
1: Absolutely. Uh, And our third step and our third key to success is look, usually I have some sort of like planned, rehearsed, or semi comedic bit about this. (laughs) But look, y'all, it's allergy season. And your whole body needs to get the allergies off of you. So that way you can feel better. So wash your ass because for your, if not for us, for yourself, spring is tough. The trees are trying to kill you. Get the pollen off of you and just wash your ass. Make sure you get, you use a washcloth so you don't get pink eye and that's, it'll save everybody, everything. Um, So just wash your ass. It's, it's really, really important. Did you get pink eye? Look at my name, Doug Pink Eye Lopez. You got pink eye? Yes, in both eyes.
2: How did you get pink eye in both eyes? I don't fucking know. I have little kids. Oh okay. What? Hashtag little kids. Also, You're don't have the, little kids. Blame it on the kids. <laughs> no, I love
1: them. Uh, we will be back next week with another fantastic episode of Films in Black and White, covering some news, um, the latest headlines. Uh, but in the meantime. And in the between time, I missed
2: five minutes of the intro, and you've got pink eye in both eyes. That's crazy to me. It's crazy, man. Pink it's so
1: contagious. It really is. It really like, is it contagious. Really is, yeah. yeah. Um. But in the meantime, in the between time, stay safe, stay healthy. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We'll catch y'all next week.
2: Don't go rubbing your butthole and then yeah. Don't do that. That'll, that'll One star. That. Don't recommend.